0: Hey, the year is 1944. The Allies are advancing against the Axis, And it's July. And so this is about a month after Operation Neptune. And if you don't know what that is, it's, it's D-Day. And uh, it's the, the, it was an all of mankind, the, the, the biggest airborne invasion known to man. And during this time World War II was going on, there was two wars going on, especially from the, if, you're in, if you're here in America. The war on the West against Japan, and the war on the East against Europe, against Germany. And so they're about a year away from victory for 1945. The war started back in 1939. And it also was even more crazy that the U.S. didn't join World War II until 1941, December. And definitely a day that lives in infamy now is the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And, you know... If you didn't know, I am a really big World War II buff. Like, that's, that's, I'm, I'm a junkie in, in U.S. history. If I wasn't here today, I'd probably be teaching low end U.S. history somewhere in the east side of San Jose. And history is just so rich. It brings up the past, it brings up the present, and it gives you a little bit about things that we can learn. You know, And I want to talk about two ships uh, during this time of World War II. Um, there's the USS Mason, and also. Uh, the PC-1264. But I'm only going to focus on the USS Mason. See, these two ships are really important during World War II because they were the first ships during this era, during this time, to be desegregated and to actually serve more than what their roles are limited. They're actually on a ship. The USS Mason was a destroyer, an escort destroyer. So what they do is that they... With escorts big ships destroyers to and from different convoys to different areas of battle now these big ships can't protect themselves so these smaller ships that have detection for submarines torpedoes they have caliper guns you know, other big things that I don't even know but they're on the ship and this ship has about 150 people and this ship particularly had 150 African-American black men and six officers now when I was I looking about that these are men that Were trained, they fought because they wanted to fight for our country, and whether you know or not, they actually even fought, even fought, even the right to fight, which is even more crazy. Now, when I think about the ship, I think about a couple things. What does this community on the ship look like? Who were they? And more importantly, how did they invest in the ship amongst each other? I think about all the time, you know, and. These men, definitely, were the definition of what it is to be, maybe, in being community. You see, whatever I would tell you, this is that a community is when you come together for more than just yourself. So these men, that left friends and family to fight, at any moment could pass, definitely pass away or die. They went to community with one another. When they enlisted, they had no idea that their impact on this ship could be a bigger avenue for them to be in community. And you know what? I look around this room right now and I think about church. This is what community looks like, church. This is exactly one model for us to follow and take a look at. And you know, but I can't help but this is that when I look at our church right here, I, when I see community, communities are not in the things that we have, I mean, especially our home groups, right? We have different home groups right around the area here in the Bay Area. But when I think about community in our church here, I think about our children's ministry, right? I think about our youth, our men's and women's now. I think the hospitality, the setup, especially the hospitality. Because when you think that on every Sunday, right, those Chinese bread and those dino nuggets, they don't cook or cut themselves, right? <laughs> they show up. You just kind of walk out there and go, you know what? They just randomly appear and this coffee. People set that up. Also in our communities here, right, we have what, discipleship going on, Bible studies going on, right, different ways that we care for different people, our staff, our board, and the list goes on and on. But more importantly, when I think about community, I think of you. You're here. Does everybody here know the mission of CLC by any chance? Nobody? Anybody? It's pretty simple, right? The mission of CLC is what it is to make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. You see, these men on the USS Mason, right, they had a mission, a purpose, and why they did things. And I think for our church, right, it's not not that often to say that we're in the same realm with them, right? It's that we're seeking out, right, a community. But more importantly to you, you know our church? What is there right now for you seeking our church community? There's plenty of communities out there. You're here happen to be on Sunday with us. So what kind of community are you looking for within the church? You know, we are wrapping up our series today on Come and See, and the C stands for community, right? It definitely stands for community. And you know what? Uh, A couple weeks ago, we learned from Pastor Calvin about how the importance of joining a community, a smaller community, to be together. Whether it's fishing, basketball, you name it, right? Um, A couple weeks ago, some of our pods, right, or girls, uh, some of the high school girls were like, we have junior high girls in our pods. They're playing with Shopkins and My Little Ponies. Like, they weren't having it, right? But I said, look, this is your community now. You need to go to Target, too, and buy some Shopkins and My Little Pony, right? You know, it's just so interesting the ways things you have in community what you have, right? Last week, Pastor Andrew had a really, really genuine heart-to-heart. If you're going to be in our church community, it's, it's not a right. You get a chance to be part of the church. And how, how much you're going to value the church. And there's some hard stuff about, where are you on a Sunday? You know, and there's some deep things about sports on a Sunday. Where you're a student, you're sleeping in, or different priorities. And it's, it's some real-life stuff. And today, look, I'm, I'm speaking this to you is that I, I have a very, very simple kind of point for you is, where are you in community? Like, where are you in community? Not just any way, but why are you in our Christian community here at Christian Laman Church? You know, and the one of the one things that I really enjoy about um, thinking about you and our community is that I think of this three different phases that you could possibly be in at in Christian Laman Church. Is that one phase, you're, you're ready to be in community. You're like, sign me up. Like, I've been waiting. No one's really asked me. Or maybe you're in a community right now and somewhere in our, in our, our church community, and you haven't gone deeper, and you want to go deeper. Not just a, oh, hi, how was your week? Oh, it was good. Like, do you want to get lunch? But what's going on with your soul? I know that happens to your parents. Are you, are you still going through the situation with your sin? Maybe you're in a different spectrum of a community where you're like, I, I don't know about community. like Especially church community. Like, I don't know. Maybe some of you, you've been hurt in a church community. And you don't want to go back. And, and let's say there's another spectrum where, you know what, it's like, I have no idea what a church community is. I remember from you, like, you know what, I'm good. Like, I, I don't need church community. You're, you're that one person that walks through the mall that ignores all the fragrance people, the flyer people, you know, if you want to get your eyelashes, whatever. You're, you're the one that just walks straight through and you just leave, right? You're like, I'm good. I'm okay. You know, the only way that we're going to kind of discover what, Church community is, is is, is, we got to go through the word. And the one way that we're going to go through the word is that we got to find the wisdom that it tells us of why our church community is just so vital. And so you return to me in uh, your New Testament. And what I really enjoy about the New Testament is that it gives us a redemptive narrative of what the story of Jesus coming to do for all of us. And it's also a story, right, of how the church started and within the church context, how a community was developed. And brought about. And so we're going to go into 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. And what I really enjoy about the church of Corinth is this, is that Paul is talking to a group of people that have so much, so much in church. As a matter of fact, they have so much in church that there is, is division, there is fighting, and there is just like what I call straight up just drama There's just a lot of drama, a lot of junk, a lot of mess, right? And here's Paul, the Apostle Paul, trying to really rectify all of this with a lot of counsel, a lot of wisdom. And this part, he brings up a really good example of what does the community look like, especially within the church. And so, um, join me in prayer as we go into the Word. Hey, Lord, I thank you for this time that we come before you, Father, just to dive into your scriptures. May you give us a chance to know that... um, it is valuable, and we love you, and we care for you, and things that you want to uh, speak through us, because you're an amazing, amazing God, Father Lord. You're an amazing, amazing God. Amen. So I, uh, I enjoy going to different translations, and, and to, uh, every single time that I've spoke, I really enjoy the AMP Bible. The AMP Bible just brings the word a little bit more to light for me. I know Pastor Angel, the pastors, they enjoy the ESV or different Bibles. I, I really enjoy the AMP Bible. Um, and, and, and so you're probably not going to have it on your Bible. You're probably have it on your phone. So follow with me. And it says this. It says, um, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. It says this. For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts, though many, form only one body, so it is with Christ, for by one Holy Spirit we are all baptized into one body. Spiritually transformed, united together, whether Jews or Greeks, Gentiles, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink one Holy Spirit, since the same Holy Spirit fills each life. Now, Paul just got back to talking about the spiritual gifts, and that's probably a really big topic to hit on and talk about, but I'm not talking about that. Right here, Paul uses something that we all wake up to every day, the body, your body. You wake up, and this is your body. Like, I'm one with my body when I wake up in my pajamas, when I eat, when I don't get up, whatever it is. But did you know that parts of your body, there's many parts to your body, right? We have a couple of students here who are pre-meds. We have a couple of doctors here too. And that's so true. Like, different parts of your body, there's so many that make up. And this is what, this is what Paul says. He says, look, you're all part of one body. One single body. And then he drops the bombshell. Oh, by the way, it's in Christ that you're one body. He says, The reason why we're together in this community, if you're believers, is because of in Christ. The reason why we have the gospel is because of Jesus. He straight up drops the bombshell on the church of and says, Look, you need to be together because you have Christ. And if you have Christ, you're in a body of one. If you don't want to be a part of the body of Christ, then you don't want to be with Christ. Think about that. Think about that. For one, I, as a matter of fact, this is so much that you know what I want you to do is that, look, that I want you to turn to your neighbor and go, you know, this is something that was like just wow. Can you turn to your neighbor and say this is like wow? Just turn to your neighbor go ahead and say Wow. I hear some overly, wow. He must have the gospel really well on this side of here, okay? Now, I want you to turn to the other person you totally dissed, okay, that didn't he didn't say wow to and go, dang. dang. <laughs> Look, when you have a relationship with Jesus, right, it's a dang. It's definitely a wow. I, I ain't, I ain't. The gospel to me, I'm just so excited for because I don't have to say a word to show how the gospel is in fact in my life to be part of my body. When I walk around, I'm going to let him do the talking. And inside of me, I just want to yell and scream, but I also know that I in the Bay Area and I'm in church. I'm walking around different places that it's probably not socially accepted. A little bit, Maybe. There's one more little thing about the USS Mason that I didn't tell you about. The ship never saw live action at all. No fights, no battles. See, this USS Mason, though a ship was ready prepared to fight, and they were ready, they were trained, they were equipped, that didn't matter for them because they knew they had a mission and a goal whether the fight was going to come to them or they were going to go to the fight. You see, on this ship, right, their race, their color was the issue of why they couldn't even serve. And look at the scriptures right here. Paul is saying, I don't care if you're a Jew or a Greek or a slave or free. You're the same with Jesus. You're the same with me. You're, just, you're all in one body. There's nothing about you that's different. And these men, they didn't care where they were coming from. They were ready to fight. They were ready to fight. That's why it led them to have six successful convoys back into and from, from the North Atlantic. Assisting different destroyers. They were definitely ready to fight. If you ask every single one of those men. But you know what, though? They did their part. They would have never thought that when they enlisted to be naval men that they would ever get a chance to actually serve on a ship. But let alone serve on a ship, but actually be on the battlefronts. But the possibility to actually to even fight was definitely there. But you know what though? They had opportunity to do more than what they thought they were gonna come in when they enlisted. And it isn't many of us here when we think about community? Is that like when before we think about coming into Christ, that like we have no idea when we accept Christ or what's gonna happen, right? Like, what is this thing about offering? What is this thing about community? What do you mean with just small groups and Bibles? Like, I, I don't even know what this what there's the Ten Commandments? Like. I can't, I can't do these things? These men, right, they enlisted. They were ready, right? But they forever have a legacy of what was to come afterwards. You see, what happened after this is that these two ships that they were on, the USS Mason and the PC-1264, it opened up the door for desegregation gradually within the armed forces, not just in the Navy, but throughout the armed forces. They were part of an experiment, a test group, to see how well men of color would work with men that were white. I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine what these men were going through or seeing as they were fighting for this country that was fighting for freedom. This is their, uh, their captain. His name is, um, they call him Buck, Bill Buck. And the reason why they call him Bill Buck is this, it's because... Um, his name is Bill Blackford. He's a great, great, great grandson of a lady named Mary Berkeley Minor Blackford. She fought against slavery. You have these men that are on the ship with a captain whose lineage dates back way far back for someone who fought for their right to simply live and to be free. It is not just. A coincidence. It is an amazing story of just life of just people. I don't know about you. It just gives me chills when I hear stories about that. And it makes me be actually really proud to be an American, proud to be a believer in Christ, proud to know that stories like this, God does not make up. And a matter of fact, there is a movie about them too, you can look up, and it's called Hero. We'll go into um, we're we'll going to this. When these men finally understood their worth and their purpose, for all of us here too, we have to really understand is that at the end of the day, that at the end of the day, the cross is what we all have here. Because we're all the same. We're not different from one another. That's what makes up the body. That's what's so vital about what does a church community look like. And it has to begin with Jesus If it doesn't begin with Jesus or had anything to do with Jesus, then we're just a nice community. It's a really nice community of a lot of people that are Asian American that happens to have snacks after church, right? Let's go into the second part of the scripture. And it says this in verses twelve to fourteen and seventeen, it says, For a human body does not consist of one part, but many limbs and organs. If the foot says, Because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, is it not on the contrary still a part of the body? If the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, is it not on the conscious still a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Last night, um, Yichan's sister in law found a 1985 Mr. Potato Head. Some of the college students, you weren't even born yet, okay? And I know it's from 1985 because inside it says 1985 and the arms, you can't move the arms out. It just, it's just this place. Paul here uses verbiage to poke fun of different body parts that wants to be a certain body part. Isn't it, isn't it interesting? Paul has a sense of humor for sure, okay? Most of his letters, you got to dive a little deeper, but he has a really good sense of humor. And he illustrates this. this is, look, you can't be eyes you can't be the arm you can't be certain body parts i expect that's all the body parts and when i got this last night i I was i was seriously laughing because my daughters were really into it but i was more into the how old this is how how cool this is that this is this is right here but paul talks about how look no singular one body part can do everything and it can't there's just no way that's not what god designed you for more important What he created you for, right? If that was the case, we have some big issues here right now, right? Some major, major issues. Let's go more into the scripture. It says here. This is in verse 18. It's 18 to 20. And it says this. It says, but now as things really are, God has placed and arranged the parts in the body, each one of them, just as he willed and saw fit. With the best balance of function, if there weren't a single organ, where would the rest of the body be? But now, as things really are, there are many parts, different limbs and organs, but one single body. I'm mean, with again, but one single body. You know, Paul shows the beauty of the body and how diverse it is, and how important that every single part of the body is. And that that is only important, but it's so diverse in all the parts of the body is that they're all important. The small pieces and the big pieces. Now, when I think about this, I can't think about um, ministry. Um, back in 2003, when I was courting my, uh, my, my then, uh, I, I guess, Ichan, uh, you know, I, I can't say girlfriend. I, yeah, it's my girlfriend. I just, I, when we were courting in 2003, we really, really um, wanted to serve. And so we're juniors in, in college, down in the state, really involved with WACF. And the child was like, why don't we serve in our youth ministry? Why don't we serve in our high school ministry where I'm at? I grew up there. This this would be great. And so now imagine this. Imagine many parts, different parts, and they're teenagers. I want you to think about it right now. Many parts, a bunch of people, and they're teenagers. I kind of thought about saying no, but... I kind of said to myself, if I really want to continue to court my wife, I think I, think I should say yes to this. <laughs> Give it a try. If, it, if, if youth ministry doesn't work out, I still get each on. If I say no, I might not get Ichan, right? So here we are serving. In 2003, never had an experience working with youth ever. 20 came, 40 came, 60 came, 80 came, 120 came we had a barf night. It was called bring a real friend night. 120 students came from Fremont. We were juniors in college. They gave us the high school and said, here, you just take it, do whatever you want because we know you have Christ in you. We had no no idea what we were doing. Not a clue. But I tell you this, though. We had Jesus. I know you try to have Jesus. I know I had Jesus. I had for sure they had to have Jesus to work with all these students here. And working with these students, you you know what they taught us? We didn't teach them anything. They taught us how to give mercy, how to have faith, how to have love. A lot of people came to the Lord. A lot of people left. The Lord, too. And our heart was anguish. But in this group, I'm proud to say that there's people that are going on missions for life. Pastors that are being developed. People that are in the workforce making a difference. And it's amazing to see. We were just simple parts of the body that had no clue what to do. No clue how important we were. But God said, you know what? We want to use you. Uh, and, and, you know, until today, we still have this, uh, this banner that, uh, that Ichan, I think she painted. And you know what our, our model for Interlude is? Our model for Interlude Fellowship was that every Friday we would scream really loud and go, Interlude is building what? And we would yell, community. That's what we would yell. So I'm going to try it here, okay? So obviously you're not Interlude, but you're like the bigger version, of like the 3.0 version. So I'm going to say, Interlude is building what? And you're going to say community, right? And and I want you y- y'all ready? Ready to go. Interludes building what? Community. Oh, okay. So when it gets really like low-key and it just, it sounds really sucky, like we do it over again, okay? For Friday nights too, we do it all the time, okay? So interludes building what? Community. Okay. Yeah, I know this is pretty big. There's like, I know you're Asian. Okay, I get it. But you, you got to be louder. You can probably go louder at the 99 Ranch, okay? So, all right, so, okay. Interluders building what? <laughs> All right, a little better, a little better. Um, uh, also, a little crazy fun fact story, too, um, is that uh, we have a couple interluders here. If you guys know Johnny and Horn. Uh, Johnny was one of my youth. Uh, Diana was one of my youth. Uh, a couple of students that kind of rose with the ministry, something like that now. Um, you know, I would never have thought that being part of this ministry would ever get a chance for me to be ministering and loving just not just students but beyond. Me being here at CLC the last three years. This October will be my fourth year here at CLC. Loving on our our middle school, our high school students. If you're a high school middle school student here, I love you so dearly. Like you, oh man, you guys are so good. And girls too, you guys are amazing. That's why I've made a big call in ministries because of you. But also our college students, our young adults. And uh, this year, you know, God was just really raising me like, what do you want to do for the future? I know a lot of things are going on in our church right now with a lot of people moving and changing. Um, a couple weeks ago, I came to Pastor Andrew and said, hey Andrew, I want to make CLC long-term. I'm going to give you the next five years of my quote-unquote prime of my life. I want to be here. I want to be here. Where All these people are kind of having free agency, kind of opting out. I told Andrew, I want to opt in. So here we are in Berkeley at a McDonald's, and I said, I want to opt in. And he just looked at me like, are you lying? Are you... What's going on? And I opted in. i opted in because, look, because I love our community here at Layman, especially our church community here. And I know that there are parts of the community here that are going to be different parts that's going to eat it. And I look forward to working with you, serving you, being with you, guiding you, and teaching you. Not just me, but our entire church doing that for you. And I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. And I'm, I'm, if you can't find each honored eye in there, that's a good thing, okay? If you can't find us in there, okay? But we're in there somewhere, okay? Let's go in the Scripture, and it says this, right? In verses 21 to 25, and it says this. It says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you, nor again the head to the feet, I do not need you. But quite the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are obviously uh, uh, necessary, and those who, uh, and as for those parts of the body which are considered less honorable, those we treat with great honor, or less presentable parts, are treated with great, greater modesty. Verse twenty-four: While well, our more presentable parts do not require it, but God has combined the whole body, giving greater honor to the part which lacks it, so that there would be no division or discord in the body. That is lack of. Adaptation of the parts to each other, but that the parts may have the same concern for one another. This part of scripture is so important that I'm gonna make it all yellow. We're gonna take an interlude. Ha ha, no. Okay, we're gonna take an interlude. An interlude is a pause or a moment to kind of reflect, to think, right? You know, says there are no parts that are not important or less important. I don't think that way. I think there's parts of the body that have different functions and different form. And how they do and what they are. And they're all important to the body. And Paul is here is, is really shaming the Corinthian church. Saying, look, you put the best up front all the time. But the parts that... Are doing all the background work, all the work that maybe that the front people don't do, they are just as equally, need to be greater to brought to the front. But we don't talk about that. It is not really the thing to do to publicize the things that you, or we call weaker or lesser or less talented, or less gifted, doesn't look pretty, shouldn't be on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter worthy or different things that you call that's just better. But Paul is saying, look, you can't do that. If we're the same in Christ, one body in Christ, then we need to be together. You know, one, one, one amazing thing about our community here that I enjoy is that when I'm in community here with you, I get to meet some really amazingly gifted people that are really, really cool. And you know what? People ask me all the time, "On, what is your secret to being in community? And I tell them, I pause for like 1 second and I say nothing. I do nothing. You know what I do? If I see someone, I say hi. If I really want to get to know them, I add them on Facebook. I message them. I write them. I say, "Do you want to get lunch? Do you want to get coffee? Where do you work at? You work in San Francisco? Great. I super enjoy San Francisco. I will go to you to hang out with you, to fellowship with you." And they're like, "No, no, you don't you don't have to." Oh, that's that's really strange. You're like, what So you want to be part of my life? And I I say, yes. And you know what happens when they say no? I say, no worries. I move on. I go to the next person. Not because that first person didn't matter, right? Not because it didn't matter. It mattered because I'm talking to them, right? I really want to get to know them. But you know what, though? I know that if they're in the season of life where they don't want it or that's not necessary or, you know what, that's just something that they don't want or desire, it's okay. Because I know somebody else. That does need it that does want it and i want to be genuine with them and tell you hey i I want to be with you i want to see you and especially if it's in our church community here at layman i'll go anywhere you are because i want to meet with you because you're part of the body of christ and you have christ i have christ let's be christ together right like and that's the exact same lines i I told you child when i was dating her okay so and it kind of worked right a little bit this, uh, this, past, uh, this past June, we've been married for 10 years. 10 years. We have two kids. They're just as equally as crazy as me. So if you see them around, please, please tell each trying where they're at, okay? Because she's probably running after them somewhere, right? The reason why we have all this in yellow is this. Is that I met someone that's something that, someone that really enjoys what I really like. And you, who, those who know me, like, I, I really enjoy sneakers. Like, I really, really enjoy sneakers, right? I like, shoes. This person I met not only enjoys sneakers, but he makes sneakers. He makes them from scratch. He designs them. And I said, I'm so glad I met with you for lunch, man. I'm, you know, not only, not only do, we, uh, do we meet for lunch often, I'm so glad that we're the same size nine, man. <laughs> Amen to that. I said, praise Jesus, right? Like, whoo! this 4.99 dollars boba and lunch is nothing compared to the lifelong community we're going to have. It just, it just wasn't, and you know what Jeff? Uh, you know what Jeff did for me. Jeff is an amazing shoe customizer. He makes stuff from scratch, and so the pair of shoes I'm wearing right now are the ones that he made for me. The exact same pairs that he made. I wear them all the time, every time. And see, within the shoe industry, there's different tools and different things that you make, and and there's tools, right? And so there's tools right here that Jeff has that he uses to make this shoe. And so this shoe that he made for me, he was like, oh, the shoes I made for you, they, they, these are not perfect. They're, I'm still learning. I can, I'm improving my craft and all that stuff. And I said, it's okay, man. Like, if you, if you make them for me, I'm, I'm going to enjoy them. Like, most definitely going to enjoy them. And this is him customizing that shoe right there that's, that I'm wearing right now. And he has different tools that has a, a purpose and a function in making this shoe. Now, so in his art series of different shoemaking, right, he has a thing, okay, so uh, I'm going to do my best to, to call what they are, right? Um, he has, uh, this is called, <laughs> this is called a hole puncher because it makes divots and different uh, eyelids for different shoes, right? Um, this is a, a heating gun. What it does is that different parts of the shoe, if he's deconstructing or making a shoe, he has to warm it up to loosen the leather, to loosen the soles, the different things right here. He has something called also the, um, here it is. This is, I believe this is called the sky that prims the leather. This is called, the, I don't know what this is called, okay? But whatever these tools are, it made my shoes. He gave me an l- example of his other pair. That it's just much more pristine, much much cleaner. Uh, the the leather's better, and, and this is what it looks like in general, right? Of, of Jeff's kind of custom, and just to show you his custom, he's using more genuine herring leather, different stitching, different things, and all these tools aid him to do that, right? But these tools, here's the thing: these tools, they have a purpose behind them. Some tools are bigger or smaller, right? That makes this shoe right here. Now, tools, these tools can't do other different parts of the job because if they did, right, then it wouldn't do their job. It would actually mess up the shoe. And these are Jeff's pair. I'm going to show you a pair that if you were buy from Nike himself, right, of how it looks like. And this is a pair that you would normally buy from Nike. And, and this, is, this, is, this is the difference, right, between a custom factory, more limited shoe to get to a, a pair that Jeff makes that's just his own, his style. And I just need to see, right, that the creator of this shoe uses these tools to create one thing and how it looks. This is mass manufactured somewhere overseas. It's nice, it's good, but you know what, though? I would rather Jeff Customs any day than a pair of these. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll keep these. I'll, you know. (laughs) Jeff, I love you, bro. but, But you know what? If I can... Hey Jeff, I'll definitely get a pair of your shoes too. And isn't it crazy, right? That's the way that Paul's talking about the body. It's that you're all different parts, right? All of you are different parts that could create this. God, the Creator, giving you here different things that you're gifted in, different things that you're special, that you're amazing, that you're just like that's your pizzazz. And he doesn't even care if you're, like, up here showing the world or in the background is doing some work, right? What he cares is that are you using that tool that he's giving you? Are you fully maximizing your functionality of who you are? Here's a picture of Jeff finishing up this shoe, and he puts an oil to it. He puts an oil to the shoe to make sure the conditioning, the finishes kind of closes in. And I asked him, I said, so is this like kind of like baptizing your shoe? He says, sure, yeah. <laughs> this this whole process is mind boggling. I was like, Jeff, this is the gospel in your shoes. Just right here. And I said, I'm wearing your shoes every day. He's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> the gospel is in you because you're their perfect tool the body that you have in Christ, especially here at Layman, as a church. Again, it mind boggles me when you think about the body and we have Christ, we're all the same. But do we have different purposes? Yes. Do we have different gifts? Yes. Is it hard to do some of the gifts? Yes. Is it hard to do something with what you do out there? For sure, for sure, for sure, I grew up not being able to know how to read and write for a very, very long time. I still don't. But you know what though? Thank you, Jesus, for Google Translate. Thank you for spell check. Thank you for the wife who's an amazing teacher that reads all my papers and corrects them and also gets really mad at me. She says I need to go back to JC and take an English class. And you know what? I will. I will. I will. I promise you. Look. We'll wrap up with this in uh in 1 Corinthians 26 uh, 27 it says this. If one member suffers, all the parts share the suffering. If one member is honored, all rejoice with it. Now, collectively, our Christ's body, and individually you are members of it, each with its own special purpose and function. You know, as a church, it's really cool when we celebrate and we champion and we cheer our community together. It's amazing. Camp retreats, holy chows, small things like a youth basketball game or a music recital, a wedding, college graduations. But as a church too, we also celebrate when things are not well. We celebrate when there's death, there's sickness, there's sorrow. There's division in here of not working able to work on different differences. Or even, I think the hardest thing in a Christian community, especially our church community, is like how do we bring up each other's sins, right? How do we talk about our shortcomings? How do we talk about just our heart and repenting it's so hard right a couple uh, a couple um, of years ago i began to have really really severe back pain some really really back pain the picture uh, to your left is a normal spine and those who are here who are doctors will know that's definitely a normal spine The spine to the right of you is my spine I somehow broke my back a couple years ago and never knew. Just never knew. Um, I, I think it was uh, a couple years ago when I played basketball, I, I fell pretty hard. I played outside. So if you're a real baller, you play outside, not indoors, okay? I'm just, just saying, all right? If you're a, a gym rat with gym shoes, I feel sorry for you. I was playing outside, and uh, I, I, still, I still probably remember I fell, someone fell on my back pretty hard pretty hard, but when I fell, my thumb hurt much more than my back, and then later on it trickled down. I have something called, something called sponialsthesius or something called Spider-Man, okay, whatever it's called, right? Sponialsthesius is that when a disc is ruptured and it moves and the disc in between the vertebrae are either rubbing against the disc that could either go away and the back parts, I don't even know what the back's called, okay. the back part of it is like it's holding it in. Somehow, either I was born with a deformity in my back right, or I broke it, and so my back's been really hurting really bad the last few years, like, and I was like, babe, my back hurts, and she was like, you know what, she's like, you eat too much, all right, you don't work out too much, so like, too much boba, huh, and then she, you know, and I was like, no, it's, it's not that, it just hurts, she's a, uh, she's a, uh, she just looks at me, and she walks away, right, and so, I mean, we have a, a two-year-old and a seven-year-old, and you know, and I, I want to be active as much as I can, but you know what I realized, too, was that I need to get this fixed. I didn't know what it was. I went to Kaiser. Nothing. You're old. You're getting back pains. Stretch. Here's some paper. Stretch. I was like, uh, all right. Found a chiropractor on Yelp. Five stars. Pretty good. Kaiser covers it. I'm going there. I went there for a couple adjustments, right? He also did an x-ray. Didn't see any of this. Right? It was okay. And it's still hurting. It's hurting a lot. I was like, oh, man, this doesn't feel right. Now I'm, like, driving my car year-round with the seat warmers on high, right? I'm having, like, my, my seat back at home. I have, I have like, icy, icy hot patches in the back, and I was like, it just hurts. I, and I, I get those, you know, those Chinese patches, you know, that kind of heats up your stuff. I put on so many that my skin would come off with the patches, okay? It would hurt. But it felt good, though, you know? So it's okay, right? It felt good, right? And I, so we're at a farmer's market, I see this chiropractor guy, he's like, hey, free checkup, right? Free checkup. I was like, the one I have now sucks, so I'll, I'll go check it out. He says, look, you come into our office, $20, x-rays and all that. I was like, guy look legit at a farmer's market. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to go to you. I go in his office, and it's just really weird kind of shady kind of old i was like okay well i mean maybe he'll just adjust me and call it a day is 20 right so he tries to pull a kind of like weird kind of like scam on me right he he um he he comes in he says i got, we gotta do extra and check you he doesn't even touch me okay I'm like, all right that's fine i come back next night so i have extra results but we're not gonna do anything I'm, I'm just gonna show you extra results and then here's how much it's gonna cost for you to get it fixed and he shows me this and i'm sitting in their office i'm like This is what's wrong with me. I knew something is wrong. Why my left side just hurts so bad all the time. And I just finally knew that this one little piece of my body right here, how much it hurts, it affects all of me. Not, I wasn't worried about how it affected me in ministry, right? Because, see, I don't live to do ministry, I live to live. I have two amazing daughters, my wife, I love dearly. I want to do life with them for as long as I can. If this is something that's wrong with me, I got to get it fixed. I got to be better. And this is our church community right here. Some of you are maybe having this broken piece of you that you are nagging. You don't get it checked out. You don't even know what's wrong with you because you don't fight for your right to know better and get treated. After this guy tried to pull a fast one on me, I said, No, thank you. I'm not going to sign up for your payment treatment options here. I went back to Kaiser and said, Look, this is what I got from the farmer's market. <laughs> you need to give me an x ray, an MRI, and whatever M's there are here because, okay, you all did me wrong. She said, That's fine. Let me get the proper specialist to meet up with you. And that's what I did. The physician that saw me. I'm never going to see her again. I'm going to change my doctor, okay? I saw a spine specialist. A spine specialist's name is Jason Lee. He's a believer in Christ. And I told him that I was, when I was in Vietnam, my back did not hurt at all. He says, cool, why are you in Vietnam? I, I said, I was on missions. He says, cool, I'm a believer. And we're talking about my back. He says, look, your back on, the reason why I turn so much right now is because you have these nerves in the bottom of your L of, of your L5 that's being kind of like irritated you move forward your spine moves eight millimeters forward you move back up it goes back and you're constantly going back and forth he says look i've seen this in olympic athletes i'm like well i'm not an olympic athlete man like i, I wouldn't be here man like i would i would be somewhere that's doing olympic things you know and he was like you you could survive you you can live your life you just gotta you know get some core strengths and you know, I was like, all right, eight-pack, here I come, you know, like, let's <laughs> roll, right? But what he also said, too, was, that look, I want to make sure that your nerves are not damaged. I'm going to give you a nerve test. So I said, fine, it's great, let's, let's do that. The nerve test wasn't for two more weeks. And I, I didn't know that I was going to need back surgery. I didn't know to the point where it was terrible. Uh, he wasn't even the one doing it. Some, 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 some guy, the last possible appointment did it for me. He has really a really thick, thick German accent. And he says, I'm going to poke you many times, and it's going to hurt. I'm like, it's fine. And he, he did poke me. It didn't hurt, though. There were a lot of, like, band-aids and everything else, too. But he said, you're fine. He said, your nerves are fine. He said, you're, you're going to have different back pains. And so I'm in PT right now. For, for most of you here, right, where are you right now? when it comes to being part of the church community? Is there something broken right now that you're not fighting for to get fixed, to find out what's going on with you so that you could be part of the body of Christ? Because when I look in this room, you know what I see? I don't see talents or or giftings or what you can and can't do. What I see is I see Christ. And every single one of you are Christ. And we're one body. It doesn't matter if you set up for Holy Chow and tables or you're up here teaching and teaching we're all one body when i think about this is i can't stop i can't stop thinking about how 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 do you play a role in our community here how do you play a role in our community here now there are five things that i think why maybe you are pretty scared about not being part of our community and this is these are the five reasons that i think that why you're not in community okay one time i don't have time i got 10 kids i work three jobs I got a mortgage to pay, it's like $10,000, like I I don't have time, like I don't have time to have coffee, lunch, you can't even come see me because I don't want to see you, like I don't have time, like I just, I don't have it, sin, there's a lot of junk in my life right now that I didn't want to, not even tell myself or tell Jesus, but I don't want you in my life, me to feel guilty or bad or. Oh, it, it's on? He's on staff? He's gonna like know everything and post it on Facebook, like let everybody know. One, I don't do that, okay? It's called, okay, pastoral confidentiality, okay? And second, I'll still post something about you, okay? But it's not about that, all right? There's sin, right? There's sin about you. Maybe you don't wanna share it. I get it. This one, this one bothers me. Uh, my Myers Briggs doesn't fit you. So I can't roll with you because my ESTP, ESFP, my ESPN, TNT, ABC, whatever, doesn't fit you. So I can't, I can't be with you. Sorry. I, I just can't. I, that's just, no, you're too much for me. <laughs> you need to stay away. Right? That's probably true. Is, is it mental health? You're going through a season of depression. You're seeing counseling, you're seeing therapy. You have learning needs. Or you have the syndrome of, like, I don't like people syndrome. Like, just, no, right? And lastly, just doubt. I have a lot of doubt in faith. I have a lot of doubt in Christ. I have a lot of doubt in that. That's why I don't even know if I even could be in community. And we're going to end with this. I'm going to challenge different people, different aspects of our church right here, that are here right now. Basic, our middle school, high school students, I challenge you to bring 10 of your friends to pods. 10. 10 of your friends. Individually, 10 friends. And I'm going to challenge you to share the gospel with them and to have them to receive Christ. At least one. I mean, you have 10. That's a good possibility, right? College students, college students, I challenge you to make CLC your home church. I challenge you to serve in our church, and I challenge you to find a spouse in our church. Young adults, young adults, this is my challenge to you. Start a family in this church. (laughs) Start a family in this church. Adults here, okay, this 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 is really hard for adults. here. All adults here, say hi to someone that is not a friend or a relative here in our church. Please, in the fellowship hall. You're trapped there. If you want those Chinese bread, you got to just say hi before you grab, okay? Say hi to someone. Anyone. I don't care if they're real or not. Say hi to someone, okay? Work on it. Women, really encourage you here, women, find someone to confide in and love and care. Men, pray with someone. Confide in them. Families, make time for a meal for someone that is not in your home group that is not a relative that's not your favorite person in church and if you tell me you don't have time i'm i don't i don't know what to do i I really don't i'll think of something though i'll think of something these are challenges to you seniors we have some seniors here seniors let us take you out to lunch because we want to hear your story You have some rich history that video books does not do it justice. We want to sit with you. We want to hear. These are challenges to you, all of you, whether you do them or not. That's not on me. I think that's on Christ. As we we, uh, go in this time, of just a reflection and praise. I'm going to call the praise team up. I'm going to close our time. I'm going to close our time. Dear God, I thank you for this time um, for us to think about what 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 do we, what what do you have to do with community? And it has been so much, especially in the spectrum here. And I pray, Father Lord, that as we go into this time of reflection, may you challenge us of what it means to be in community. May you challenge us, Father Lord, of what it means to be a body of one with many functional, useful parts that are part of your body that has a purpose, that has a mission because you are the creator. Our Jew, our Gentile, slave or free, we are a body in Christ. How sweet is that sound to know that we have the gospel because when we are in you, Father, Lord, In Christ, be a reflection of who you are. May our community here, our church community here, be a reflection of you. We love you. You're an amazing God. You're an amazing God, Father. You're an amazing God.